0: PR is a marathon, it's not a sprint, but when you do take that time to cultivate those relationships, that's when you are able to have success with PR.
1: We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, so I'm excited to be here today with Katie Long. Katie is the CEO and founder of DIY PR. She worked as a publicist for major recording artists and award shows like the Grammys, Billboard, and American Music Awards. She's been a featured speaker at CD Baby, Berklee College of Music, and Women in PR. She was honored as a 2020 Trailblazer publicist by Women in PR. And so she's awesome. And today I'm really excited to talk with her about, you know, as an independent artist, where are some of the best opportunities nowadays to really be able to leverage publicity and PR. So Katie, thanks so much for taking the time to to be here today.
0: Thank you, Michael. It's amazing to chat with you, as always. We always have great conversations. So I'm excited. For
1: sure. I remember the first time that we talked. Like we ended up going down a rabbit hole. That's very rare. That was one that I've just met that we'd go. That would have that level of conversation. So it was, I know it
0: was, awesome. it was immediately. I was like, okay, I like this guy. He's a good guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Super it was definitely it was mutual. <laughs> cool. So to start out with, I would love you know for anyone here who it's their first time uh, meeting you or hearing about you, could you give a, a quick introduction of of your story?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've been a publicist for over a decade. I'm losing count now. And I've worked in all facets of the entertainment industry. So film and television. I've also worked in health and wellness. So there's some crossover with my current clients in wellness as well, my current music clients and film and television campaigns for Emmys, Oscars. Like you said, I've worked with pretty much all of the award shows on the red carpet with talent. But my personal passion because I come from a family of artists is helping independent artists be able to create art and make money doing it and also get their art out there because that's the biggest thing that I you know hear from artists is that's really the challenge right and in an industry that's so there's a lot of hierarchy you know and so I really I'm super passionate about empowering the independents and helping them feel like they really have a shot because you do look at Macklemore look at so many it's like I can't even name all of the artists that are now independent and really you know making shit happen for themselves so it's great and I love what I do I meet so many incredible people incredible artists and it's just really inspiring so yeah that's uh, that's kind of the rundown I've i i about four years ago i had a diy musician diy music PR boot camp which was an online course and i'll actually be re- relaunching that here shortly but it's been a wild ride and i work with let's see martin luther king jr's goddaughter is a, an artist that i'm currently working with she's a feature on one of my other clients and we're doing um, a bunch of other pretty impactful campaigns that support social justice beliefs. So that's a big thing for me too, is also being able to reach more than just music media for my clients and actually reaching the masses. We can dive into all those things. I'm happy to share any tricks and trade secrets, whatever that's helpful. But yeah, just really looking at the bigger picture for my clients because that's uh, what will help move the needle for them.
1: That's awesome. Well, then, thanks for sharing. And definitely it's, isn't it such an incredible time right now for, I mean, the world as a whole, but also for musicians and independent musicians where you don't necessarily have to rely on a record label and you can really do things independently. And it's great that really, it sounds like your purpose, you have like a higher purpose. And so the music aligns with that, but it really is about, you know, positive ripple for the entire world, which is awesome.
0: It's almost like, why would you sign with a record label these days? You know, I mean, you get to keep your rights if you don't, and that's incredibly important for an artist. And yeah, I did, thank you for, for noticing. that, I am very blessed um, to be able to work with some incredibly talented artists that also have a larger focus and a bigger picture for their music and helping others. So we just want to try and compound that throughout the world, you know, create some mm. positive change. Mm.
1: Heck yeah. You know, now having, you know, been doing this for over a decade and working with a lot of artists, both big and independent artists who are just starting out, you know, I'm sure that you started to notice a lot of similarities in terms of patterns or common mistakes or challenges. So I'm curious for anyone who's like listing this right now, who's maybe an independent artist and starting to consider getting into the world of PR and publicity. What are some of the biggest common challenges and mistakes that you see?
0: Sure. That's a great question. The thing that comes to mind immediately is Making sure that the person gives themselves enough time because something that I think is pretty not well known about PR, unless you're right in the middle of it, is that the work starts at least a month prior to your release date. So, you know, something I have to train my clients on pretty regularly is that you have to have all of your assets. So, all of your your music, obviously, and then also your promotional materials. If you have any videos, you have to have a private link on SoundCloud for your music and a whole, you know, promo photos, a bunch of other things. You have to have that already at least one month prior to your music coming out. And that'll depend on if you are working with a publicist. Or if you are doing it yourself, which is entirely possible for you to do, hence where DIY PR came from, it's entirely possible for you to do your own PR. That leads me into the next challenge, which I experienced personally as well, because I started my company many moons ago without actually having contacts in the music industry. And... You literally just have to trailblaze your way through this because and create relationships, right? That's what it's all about. And that's what it's about in any industry, particularly in the entertainment industry, that can be a challenge for artists initially, but that's why the strategies that I teach are so effective because they are about creating relationships. It's not just like blanket pitching and sending spam to people's emails, you know, and that's a big no-no. We can talk about that. Um, But it's all about creating those authentic relationships with people. And when you do that, you can over, it takes time, absolutely. PR is a marathon. It's not a sprint. But when you do take that time to cultivate those relationships, that's when you are able to have success with PR. And a lot of writers really respect when artists are hustling. So, you know, I get a question a lot about, well, should I have it? Does it look better if I have a publicist, you know? And I think a lot of people want to have a pu- reach out to my publicist, you know, is like <laughs> they feel fun. It's fun to say, but a lot of writers actually respect when it's the artist making the hustle. And there's one other challenge I'm trying to remember. I'm sure it'll come up in, in conversation.
1: Yeah. There's some really good stuff there to, to unpack. And I love the straightforward approach that you just shared, which is so true. Is that so much of it is just about building relationships and being willing to like put yourself out there and to reach out and to reach out on a con- consistent basis to build those relationships. Mm-hmm. So yeah. one, one question that comes up around that is for good, because like you mentioned, especially at the beginning, sometimes it can feel really challenging to, to initiate and to build some of those relationships. And it's kind of like, well, who am I? Like, what do I have to offer? Like, I haven't really built up. Much of an audience yet so for anyone who's like wondering like what does the process look like for building those relationships like how do i actually build an authentic connection with these people that you know that i want to connect with personally but are also going to be the right network to build so i can grow my my music career
0: well it all starts with research so part of the process of pr is creating a list a media list for that. And if you're doing your own PR, you can pretty much use your media list for the entirety of your career. So it's a really important document that you create. And it's just researching, you know, writers who would be interested in listening uh, to your music and writing about it. So that's the first step is finding people who are authentically interested in your type of music and an independent artists, right? Because These people are getting so many email pitches a week, like hundreds, depending on how how big the outlet is, maybe thousands, you know? And so it's really important to be respectful about their inbox and only reaching out to people that are writing about artists at the current level that you're at. And then that's where you start. And, you know, it's all about a really uh, thoughtful email pitch and responding immediately when they respond to you and just being on your game you know it's and if you have a message that you feel is that you wholeheartedly stand behind then it's not going to be hard for people to see that and for them to to gravitate towards you that being said it's also really important that you're presenting yourself in a very professional manner And there are ways to do that with PR, you know, that they're kind of like industry standards and such. So it's important to educate yourself on that. And yeah, that's a, that's a really, and also a lot of times. So I think some publicists would actually disagree with me on this, but a lot of times social media is a really great place to start building relationships. So with my coaching clients, what I have them do at the beginning of us working together before they have any, before their music is even and, you know, it's completed, but it's, we don't have a release date, whatever. I have them start researching writers that would be a good fit for them and finding them on Instagram. And if that writer looks to be open to receiving, you know, to new followers who are artists and such, because Some writers do have their profiles on private. And if that's the case, then leave them be, you know, email is probably the best way to do it, but if they're, they have a pretty public profile, then start interacting with them and engaging with them and not, you know, obviously, or annoyingly, dare I say, you know, but really just authentically engaging with their content and leaving little thoughtful comments. And yeah, that's, that's also a really good way to start building those relationships.
1: Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's super helpful. You know, one thing that I'd be curious to hear your take on is for like an email pitch, maybe you could give us an outline of what would be like a perfect pitch. And then what would be like the worst pitch, like the most common <laughs> worst pitch that you see and like with like the stories okay. behind it and then like the best kind of pitch that you see.
0: Totally. I love that. And actually I will have a, a free download for everyone that goes over exactly what you put into a pitch so that'll go over all of the details so a really good pitch would be something that is creates curiosity right so you want to invoke curiosity in a way that the person that you're writing to is like oh this is totally up my alley and i want to know more so whether that's with your story whether it's how you convey the release like how you describe the release and create. Help them feel emotion when they read your pitch. And then also, you want to make sure it's short and sweet. The worst thing, the worst pitch, the worst thing you can do is create, you know, a novel of your life story. And it's just like paragraph after paragraph just of text. That's no fun. I think anyone can relate when they open something like that it's terrifying and they either delete it or they mark on red and then never come back to it. So that's definitely a short and sweet and compelling, I think are the really strong guidelines.
1: Yeah, it, it's interesting, too, because I, I personally – I get a lot of emails like that, too, and I'm not even someone who's, you know, like receiving submissions. But <laughs> there is something so different behind when you get an email and you open it up and it's got, like, 10 paragraphs worth of text. And just, yeah. like, mentally, you know, it's just – it just, like, you don't even really think about it. It's just, like, you just, like, turn it off um, compared totally. to, like, one that's just really concise and compelling and just cuts cuts right to the point as well. Absolutely. Awesome.
0: And, and one other – thought there and this is so key when you're reaching out to people you need to really show interest in them and their artistry because they are also artists they are also writers and make sure they know that you're familiar with their work and how can you relate to them because that pitch is more about them in that moment than it is about you
1: that definitely seems like a superpower you know like being able to shine a light on other people or to appreciate them Mm -hmm. as, as humans like that's something that I don't think I've ever seen someone who's like if you express genuine appreciation, there's a difference between like, you know, kind of like fake appreciation yeah. where it's just like, you know, not real versus like an actual acknowledgement or recognition or appreciation that it just feels good you know, to, to be appreciated.
0: Really? 100%. That's how I got one specific. I mean, I've gotten many placements from that. But Grammy.com is a big one that stands out to me for that. Just really acknowledging the writer for some. She, I think she wrote a, a book review about something that I had coincidentally, of course, ordered that morning. <laughs> you know, wow. So it was like, all of these different like stars aligning and telling her that you know, and it created this amazing conversation, which covered my artist, phenomenal. And yeah, so that's, you know, it's just be genuine. That's the biggest thing. And that can be really challenging in this type of race, I guess. I think publicists actually get a really bad rap a lot of the time, especially in entertainment, because it's so, and I empathize uh, with I'd I'd steer clear from that uh, stereotype, but I empathize with it because it is such a fast paced profession and yeah, it's just going down a a rabbit hole, but (laughs) it's really important to, to be a kind person and that's going to get you so far.
1: Yeah. it, It seems like, again, it kind of comes back to what we're talking about, like expressing genuine appreciation and that being such an important skill to develop as opposed to just like. Yeah, and the way that you've developed that skill is the way you develop any skill. Like you just practice and you actually start like doing it and, you know, just having like a gratitude journal of your own that in the morning or at night, you know, you write three things that you're grateful for or you write three things you appreciate.
0: I felt so much like so much peace after doing that. That's such a great point to bring up. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I think gratitude journals are super, super valuable and a great way to sort of program your brain to, to focus on the wins and focus on the appreciation. I'm right there
0: with
1: you. Awesome. So one thing that I wanted to ask you about, so it sounds like one of the first steps that you would recommend when you get started looking to build these relationships is that you want to make a list of all the writers that you want to reach out to. So let's say that someone is getting started here and they want to figure out who are the right people that I should reach out to and I want to start making this list. One, how do they find out who would be the right people for them? And two, how do they find that contact info so they can start actually reaching out to those people?
0: So you want to, this is my favorite trick actually for my coaching clients is that I tell them to go research other artists that are similar to play similar music are at a similar level at their career or slightly higher. So if you're a female pop act, you're not gonna go, you know, and you're starting out in your career, you're not gonna be like, well, do a Lipa was featured by Billboard and I'm gonna reach out to that writer. That's not gonna that's gonna be a waste of time for you and PR takes time and we don't want to waste your time. So uh, not saying that won't be a possibility later in, in your career, but really finding people who are aligned with your messaging and where you are currently at and researching where they have been featured is a really great place to start. And then looking at those writers and those are the writers that you add to your list. So as far as contact info, that can be very, um, varied. There are multiple resources for publicists. You know, there, there are expensive resources like muckrack or scission or, you know, databases that we use for certain things. But truthfully, a lot of the, a majority of the smaller music blogs are not listed on those. So you'll find me and my team just, you know, literally just bootstrapping and research, like look, scrolling through websites and looking for content, digging into their LinkedIn or, um, their Instagram, if they have an email listed there or really just kind of doing your due diligence and it could be anywhere on the internet, <laughs> places that it could be are the website itself. So a lot of times, if you click on the name of the writer in the article, it may go to their bio. And it may have their email in their bio that's within the the blog. If it's a general email, it's not, this is not a, the best scenario, but if it's just like an info email, then a lot of times those are listed at the bottom of the website or under contact page. Larger publications typically or newspapers, local publications typically have their editorial team, so their writers listed on a page on the website. So it'll tell you exactly who is the, you know, arts and entertainment writer or the entertainment reporter at your local TV station. And then if those fail, (laughs) then basically just Google their name and see what comes up. And I think we're all pretty good at using the Google machine. So it's just about research and it takes time. That's one of the most uh, time consuming parts of the PR process is building a thoughtful list. So what I like to do is Um, advise people to do that in segments so it's not super overwhelming and give yourself again a lot of time to build that list. And you want it to be pretty large. You know, PR can be a numbers game as well because you're not going to get, you're most likely not going to get responses from every person that you reach out to. And I want to encourage people not to get frustrated when that happens because it's honestly just part of the PR landscape again because these people are receiving hundreds of pitches so it's your job to stand out and figure out how to do that for you as a as an artist
1: oh what's up guys so quick intermission from the podcast i can tell you about an awesome for gift that i have for you i wanted to share something that's not normally available to the public they normally reserve for our five thousand dollar clients that we work personally this is a presentation called six steps to explode your fan base and make a profit with your music online and specifically we're going to walk through how to build a paid traffic and automated funnel that's going to allow you to grow your fan base online and the system designed to get you to your first five thousand dollars a month with your music we've invested over $130,000 in the past year to test out different traffic sources and different offers and really see what's working best right now for musicians and so I think it's gonna be hugely valuable for you. And so if that's something you're interested in, in the description, there should be a little link that you can click on to go get that. And uh, the other thing I want to mention is, you know, if you wanna do us a, a huge favor, one thing that really makes a big difference early on when you're creating a new podcast is, if people click subscribe, then it basically lets the algorithm know that this is something that's new and noteworthy and that uh, people actually wanna hear. And so that'll help us reach a lot more people. So if you're getting value from this and you get value from the free trainings, then if you want to do us a favor, I'd really appreciate you clicking the subscribe button. All right, let's get back to the podcast. So one thing that I feel like is something that comes up over and over again in a lot of different applications, but how you started was talking about, you know, find, have a list of references of similar bands who are around your size or slightly bigger than you. I think that's such a valuable asset as well as like a list, you know, for, for people to reach out to because you can use those references for so many different things. It could be the venues that you want to play. It could be, you know, different ideas for promotion that they do, or it could be things just like building a relationship with those bands in and of themselves too, to be able to collaborate with them and play shows together. So I think that's just a gold nugget of is is like starting there by making that list. And it's something that you wanna add to over time.
0: If I can just interject there, you made me think of a, a point that you can use once you understand how to create a PR pitch, you can re- it's all it is, is a sales pitch, right? But it's a, I like to think of it as a, a more of an authentic, you're not trying to be a used car salesman, right? Or a woman, but it is, there's a certain way to go about it. That is appeal where you appeal to the person. And once you learn how to do that, you can use that in any situation, including booking shows or, you know, whatever it is, reaching out to, to labels, which We don't, you know, if you want one, (laughs) I already said my piece on that. Or, you know, Spotify playlists and curators or, which is also part of the PR game or looking for a publishing deal, you know, so there that you, it's a skill that can benefit you in all facets of the industry.
1: Mm, 100%. Yeah. That's something uh, really valuable to to dig into. I think even just thinking of. With modern musician, you know, like a big part of our strategy with our business is collaborating with other music mentors. And mm-hmm. I remember one of the first things that we did was I made a big list of people like Rick Barker and people like mm-hmm. Graham Cochran, who you know, had an amazing, amazing business and an audience from serving musicians. And you know, I created a pitch, and it was a bunch of emails. And I reached out and followed up with them, and there's a follow-up process. So I think that what you're saying is spot on with just the this as a general skill set and something you can adapt to reach out to anyone that you want to start building a relationship with is so so valuable and one thing that that i wanted to to reaffirm as well was when you talked about don't be discouraged if you reach out to someone and you don't hear back right away in fact that's something that i'd love to to, uh, dig in a little bit deeper with you in terms of like the reach out process Do you have a process for you for like, let's say that you have that list, like a database of people to reach out to? What's your process look like for reaching out? And then if they don't follow up, do you have like a follow up? Do you have like one or two follow ups? Or and then you can move them off. You're like, okay, like I'm done following up for now. What does that kind of look like for you?
0: So, follow ups are probably the most important part because generally speaking, a majority of my placements unless I'm like really tight with the writer, a majority of my placements and when I'm cultivating new relationships, because I still do that. There are always new writers. I always have new clients, new genres, all that. So it's an ongoing thing. It's a lot of the placements come from the follow up. So typically I'll follow up two to three times. It depends on what the, you know, what the, how much time we have, what the campaign is right. If it's a writer then I'm like yes, I just need this person to look at this pitch and they'll be sold, you know, then I'm going to keep following up. But that being said, once I've done that, and if I don't receive a response, I just let it be like, there's no, again, playing into their busy schedule and just the busyness of the industry in general. There's no reason to get sassy that's the number one i see a lot of people get sassy i'm like no that's not how we do that it's not you just don't take it personal you know we all need each other to make this world go round and that's not it's nothing personal if they i just actually i spoke to one of my writer friends yesterday actually she's doing a premiere for my client on friday and she was apologizing profusely because i had followed up twice hadn't heard from her and we're pretty tight And I was like, I know this will be really good for you. And she's like, I was just traveling for the past month. And I came back to 7,000 emails, (laughs) Mm 7,000. So that just gives you an idea of a, a real life example of what people are, you know, and other people's challenges. So, so yeah, that that's basically the process is is following up via email. If you can follow up via socials, I think that's another thing. It depends on the situation. You want to be really careful if the person clearly makes it. If they make it clear that you they're okay with pitches on social media, because some people definitely are not. But I, you know, even as a professional. I don't get responses from everyone and that's okay. That's just how it is. And that's actually the beauty of releasing singles too, because when you release singles, it gives you more ammo to reach out to the person again with new content. So if they didn't like the first one, if they didn't respond about the first one, whatever it is, when you have a new song, a new music video, anything new, then that's a new reason to reach out to the person again and give it another shot.
1: Yeah, that that totally makes sense that that there's so much value in the follow up because I mean it's kinda of, mm-hmm. kinda of like you were saying in, in terms of the pitch is it's like you're selling people on you. Mm-hmm. And I've heard before, I don't know where they got this stat, but I've heard that most people need seven touch points before they actually purchase something Mm -hmm. online. So Mm -hmm. it's on average seven new times of actually seeing something before they're like, okay, like I'm not going to, I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm going to, I'm going to go with this thing. Yeah. And so like what you're saying with having multiple different songs to follow up with and you know, I think that there's something psychologically that happens where they just start to see your name, they start to see like like oh, this person's not going away and they're doing stuff, they're doing cool stuff and, ev- yeah. and eventually like one of those things kind of cuts through. Yeah, and in, in terms of the follow-up for us, what we usually do for, for the follow-up sequence is like we'll send out we'll send out a message and if we don't hear back within like a week or so, then we'll send out follow-up number 1. Follow-up number one is basically just like a reframe on the initial message. And the whole time is just focusing on them and like what's valuable for them. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is like the final follow-up. If we don't hear back a week later, then we'll send one follow-up message. It's a really short and sweet that's just like, like, okay, just wanted to follow up one last time here. I'm not sure if you had a chance to see this last one. If not, no worries at all, but just wanted to like follow up one last time. And man there's something about that last follow-up <laughs> that like really catches people i think
0: oh you're telling me uh-huh i,
1: I think what it is that f- just the phrasing of like kind of glass like i'm like i'm just gonna follow up one last time i think a lot of times people mm-hmm. they see an email or something and they're like yeah like i'm gonna get around to it you know at some point in the future mm-hmm. or, like, i'll get around to it but then when it really comes like crunch time they're like oh like this is the last one then that's kind of the one that they'll like take action on
0: and that plays into also you know what is it 60,000 new songs are uploaded to the DSPs every day so you know if you're pitching someone two weeks out which you do need to that's part of the process to like get that initial outreach out there but because of editorial calendars that's another topic but people don't have time to really think about like I always tell people to stay away from pitching on Fridays if it's not Ha- releasing that day because someone doesn't have time to or the headspace to think about what's coming out the next week on Friday because they're dealing with all the premieres and articles and such that they're doing that day for re- releases that friday so so yeah definitely uh that's why the follow-up i think can be really crucial particularly in the music industry because there's so much volume and because once you approach the actual week of release if the person had been thinking about covering you and they had not responded yet then that's when you can really lock them down because they have the headspace to be like oh right okay this is coming out on friday So, yeah, great point.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Awesome. So one question that I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on are, let's say that someone, you know, follows along with this and they do a really good job on their next release. And they, uh, a month out, they start the the reach out process and they secure some good press or publicity. Then what what are your recommendations for like, what are some of the best ways to leverage a really good placement or really good article and to really take it and, and run with it?
0: Yeah. So I I don't even know if we covered the, the point of PR, but a, a lot of for musicians, particularly when you're just starting out, a uh, couple of the major reasons for doing a PR campaign is because it will get you social content and because it will help your SEO, your search engine optimization. So people, when someone Googles you, like in the industry, for example, my client's gotten a publishing deal from this. They see that you're busy and you're working and and people are talking about you, which that's just human nature, right? When other people see that they're talking about you, that other people are talking about you, it's much more powerful than you talking about yourself. And it's coming from a different source. So there's more trust than if it's you talking about how great you are. So yeah, that's the, what you wanna do is optimize that and make sure that you're uh, getting, just making sure that everyone can see what's happening to you. So with a press placement, say you get a premiere in, I don't know, Mixdown. And the first thing you wanna do is post it on social media. And that's, and you wanna tag Mixdown. It's a writer, if you, if the writer has an Instagram, where you've created a relationship via Instagram, you know, you can tag the writer and just make sure that's on your profile and you're just shouting it to the world. And there's two reasons for that. It's because, you know, you want your fans to see, and then also you want to give love to the writer because again, with relationships, you want to make sure that you're scratching their back as well. And, and what the writer is concerned about is getting clicks to the article so you basically want to drive all traffic that day to your premiere. If that's what it is, whatever the article is, you want to drive as much traffic as possible to it and write them a the little thank you notes and thank them for giving. and. I, I mean, I guess you could write a handwritten thank you note, but I'm saying like over email, however you guys communicating and just, you know, send them some gratitude for, for featuring you. And then that'll increase your chances in the long run of being featured again, if that opportunity comes up and also just solidifies your relationship Another thing, I I have put ad budgets behind press placements, like when I post it, and then throw a little ad money behind it. And then again, you know, there's something really powerful about someone else talking about you as opposed to you talking about yourself, which is why PR is so powerful.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So, so it sounds like really like one of the main benefits of it is just in terms of like credibility and positioning, having someone else saying these things about you makes a much bigger impact than you just bragging about yourself basically. And in terms of what they're looking for like really as a writer, like they want to get as many clicks as possible and make sure that as many people, like they're impact as many people with it as possible. So really driving traffic to that is smart. I love the, the idea, too, of making sure to like drop them a quick thank you note or, or just saying like, hey, I appreciate you for the reasons that we talked about earlier. Like that's something that really sticks out with people, I think. One tool, this is kind of a, a random thing, but I, th- I think it's an amazing tool that anyone listening to this right now can get essentially for free and is a really powerful way to communicate with new people, especially if you're trying to build a relationship, mm-hmm. is uh, loom.com a free video screen share tool that you can basically click on and it will record a video of your screen and it will record like your webcam at the same time
0: that's how and, I filmed the Academy. Actually, that's what I use. It's yeah, amazing.
1: Nice. I love it. <laughs> I, I love Loom. It's so cool. Yeah. And it's so great for communicating with people online because what it does is one, like you can have that personal message or say, Hey, uh, thank you so much for this article. Like, look at this, mm-hmm. look at how all these people that I've gotten messages from who said like that, they loved it. You're awesome. And you can like show your screen and show these people. Oh, I love
0: that. That's a great idea.
1: And, and then, what it does is, for anyone listening to this who hasn't used it before, it creates a link that you can actually copy and just like drop it in an email. And one of the most powerful email subject lines and messages that, that I've sent to people is the subject line is video for you. And then the copy of the email is just like, like, hey, first name recorded a quick video for you. (laughs) It's like a one minute video and it's a link to the Loom video. And then it's just like you talking on the screen saying, Hey, you're awesome. Thank you. And as long as like you've built a relationship, like somewhat of a relationship with them, I think it's just a great way to really connect on like a more, much more personal level and a way to cut through, cut through the noise.
0: Yeah. And that's a great point to the fact that people don't really like text, like verbiage, you know, it, that's going to be much more effective sending a video and a quick little video for you than writing paragraph after paragraph, which I'm not saying do that for a media pitch. But what I am saying is don't write paragraph after paragraph. <laughs> but I love that's so really people gravitate towards visuals for sure. So I bet you got a lot of good engagement on that.
1: Yeah, it's it's great. I use that all the time when I'm like messaging like team members or messaging other people. It's, it's also really mm-hmm. nice and simple. I'm just like, mm-hmm. "Hey, quick video for you." It took a minute, yeah. and I not have to Sometimes when I'm writing emails, I might like overthink. I'll be like, "Spend 15 minutes writing like a <laughs> three-sentence email."
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: So it's definitely it's it's good. Cool. So Katie, I know we talked a little bit about, you know, you have this, this new course that's coming out, right? Could you talk a little bit about what you're working on right now? And for anyone here who's like kind of interested in taking this process, um, really kind of having it really streamlined and broken down with like examples and and whatnot, could you share a little bit about what you've created?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it's actually, it's version 2.0 of my DIY music boot bootcamp that launched years ago, and I just felt that the content needed to be updated because things have changed and with the media landscape. And so and it's called the DIY music PR Academy. I uh, can visit DIY music, PR And it basically takes you through, I'm the one teaching it and it's a video course, and I'll take you through the entire process of how to do a music PR campaign. And you know, it'll, it has a ton of little tricks and tips that I use and that I teach my coaching clients and such. And then it also has templates and examples of pitches that have landed really great placements. And then I also link to the placements that it's landed. So you can kind of see the full story of how everything comes to fruition and then also press release examples. And we also cover Spotify because that's a, you know, it's a hot topic in the industry, obviously, and it can be uh, considered part of the PR strategy. So I do provide, you know, how to do that, how it differs from a traditional PR pitch and, and provide templates uh, and examples of pitches for that as well. So, and then also I have a little fun little bonus in there that I added that's, you know, maybe you are wanting to work with a publicist, like hire someone to, to do your publicity. And so I included a little thing in there to help you decide if it's actually the right time for you and if it's a good place for you to be spending your money. Because a lot of times, you know, I have artists come to me and they want publicity, but it's not the right point in their career for them to actually hire me and I just I wouldn't feel good about accepting their money when I know that it's not the right point for them to do that and so this little checklist and tutorial that I do will help you decide if it's the right time and then also gives you questions to ask the potential people that you're interviewing to find out if it's a good fit because it's also really important that you find the right person or the right firm that is a good fit for you, because not all firms are created equal and, and people have different specialties and you might get along really well with someone and you might not. (laughs) So there's some, definitely some, it's an important part of your, your strategy if you do decide to go that route. So lots of fun stuff. I mean, I literally just talk about everything that I know about PR because I just want to make it accessible to as many people as possible. That's the gist of it. I do have a freebie for you guys though. If I, if you're interested in learning how to do a pitch and what is actually included, what you would put in the pitch when you're um, writing to someone, I have a must have checklist that I created for my modern musicians. And so you can go to diymusicpracademy.com slash pitch and you can download it there.
1: That's awesome. (laughs) That makes me so excited. I mean, it's just such a cool time that we're living in where You you have all these templates and real-life examples and literally like a a step-by-step walkthrough of how to do this and just saves so so much time from starting from scratch.
0: I mean, honestly, Um, you could probably go Google this stuff, (laughs) but it would take you hours, like hours and hours. So I don't recommend it. And yeah, I've made the price also a lot more manageable for artists than I did the first time because I just... The inspiration behind this is to get it to the masses as opposed to, you know, people that don't feel comfortable spending a certain amount on a course. So my, my mission and I think why I'm here on this planet is to help people be able to be creative. So that being said, I also have a discount code for you guys. If you are interested in purchasing the DIY Music PR Academy, just use code MM five, so mm like modern musician two five, and you'll get 25% off
1: wow that is killer thank you thank you so much for doing that and also thank you so much for I mean regardless of you know if you're ready to get the course or not definitely go check out the freebie that she has she's a checklist that's incredible thank you so much for putting that together yeah. and I also would highly recommend like if you're going to be implementing this and you know taking what you learned today and actually reaching out then it just it at a certain point you have to start looking at your time versus your money and start and i think that some of the smartest entrepreneurs they value their time really high because time is a limited resource it doesn't really come back unless you know we'll see what happens with the future we'll live so we're like 500 years old (laughs) then we'll have a whole set of new problems but um, oh, you're for the so most right, part, mm-hmm. <laughs> for the most part, yeah. Time is like doesn't replenish, and mm-hmm. you know if you can spend if you can spend a little bit of money in order to, to save ten to twenty hours, it's a really valuable investment. So, I appreciate you taking all of the time and everything that you've invested, and not just time, but also like the resources you've invested personally in order to like acquire. The knowledge that you have and to be able to share that with as many people as possible—it's really cool. It's a really cool oh. day and age that, that we live in. So thank you for being, you know, really like a ray of light for people. I think.
0: Oh, thank you, Michael. That means a lot. But yes, I'm at, you know, the, any way that I can be of service, I'm happy to. And I hope to meet some of your your audience as well and help them in any way I can. And you can find me on Instagram at Katie Longbecker, and it's K A Y T E E. Long L O N G Becker B E C K E R. So, reach out to me. Would love to chat and say hi.
1: Cool. Yeah. And and what we'll do too is we'll put all the links in the show notes. So if you're listening to this right now, you click on the description, you should be able to see all the different links for the freebies and for the course and then for the socials and stuff. So, I would highly recommend checking it out. And Katie, thanks again for for taking the time to to be here today.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Michael. It's been a pleasure.
1: Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guests today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then I'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's gonna help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.